yeah, I think the thing with portfolios that people often make the mistake of is putting all of your work in it. I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but this is something that I very strongly feel like you should curate your portfolio and you should be picky about what you decide to put in it. So definitely go for quality over quantity. I would advise having maybe like three projects as the minimum, I would say. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm one of your hosts, Femke. And I'm your other host, Charlie. Today we're going to talk about something that every design graduate or anyone who's just starting to get into design worries about, I think, and that is getting a job in the industry. We're going to be sharing how we got our first jobs, current jobs maybe, and giving you any advice for applying and the interview stage. And we also have a ton of really good advice from our listeners as well that I'm looking forward to sharing. First, though, that weekly check-in, or chicken, as some of you tend to hear with our accents. <laughs> How's your week been, Fem? Yeah, it's been quiet in my house, actually. Owen is currently in New York, so it's just me and Mika, my little cat, so it's it's pretty quiet around here. I'm kind of using that time to my advantage and just kind of getting, you know, some stuff done while Owen's away. I'm actually currently helping my mum. She is releasing her first book. She's been writing a book and she's super excited about it. And so I've just kind of been helping her a little bit with like her launch campaign and putting the book all into InDesign for her and that kind of stuff. So that's been kind of like a fun sort of different project that I've had going on over the last week that's been super fun to work with, especially with my mum. That's always nice. Yeah, that's so cool and awesome for her. Well done. Yeah, she's super excited. Uh, Her book is about uh, bringing the heart back into Christmas. So it's going to be sort of launched around Christmas time. And it's sort of a book about like, you know, stepping away from the sort of commercial side of Christmas and more embracing like, you know, the joy and the spirit and the kindness and, and those sort of more special feelings around Christmas time. So yeah, she's really excited about it, as as she should be. I think it's always exciting launching your first thing. So hopefully that goes really well. And like if anybody is interested in that, I don't know, if that sounds interesting to people, I'll put a link in the show notes to where you can uh, check out her book. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like knowing your mum, that sounds like the perfect first thing to launch for her. I'm excited yeah. for her. Yeah, me too. What about you? You have had some busy times moving house. Very, very busy times. I think they say that moving is one of the most stressful things, like, you know, in terms of life experiences, along with stuff (laughs) like getting married or getting fired or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's been quite a week, that's for sure. Uh, Not been getting a whole lot of sleep, lots on my mind, but trying to keep side projects going as much as possible throughout it, but also accepting that that just can't always happen, you know. I've definitely had to slow down on the output this week because there's lots of things to do, like unpacking and changing addresses and setting up, you know, paying council tax and things at the new flat. So sometimes life just gets in the way, basically. I'm in a nice new flat now, though, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, so you've moved uh, now. Yeah, I have. And by the time this episode goes out, there's probably a moving vlog up on my YouTube channel. So if anyone wants to see that and see where I'm recording from, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Cool. Exciting. 
So I just mentioned getting fired. <laughs> that's obviously not what we're going to think about in terms of today's topic, but I guess that's the best segue I can come up with. <laughs> I'm keen to know, Fem, how did you get your first job in the design industry? Let's start with our like first experiences and then go into some advice. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds really good. Uh, so my first job in the design industry is my current job, which is working at Atomic, which is a, for those who, you know, maybe you're new to the show or don't know, uh, Atomic is an online prototyping tool for teams. And the way that I got that job was that my boyfriend, Owen, knew the guys that were building Atomic uh, a couple of years ago when they were super new. And uh, Owen sort of suggested like, hey, you should go and like check out what those guys are building because it, it looks really cool. You know, Owen had seen it and he thought it was super interesting and that it was worth me checking out. So I kind of just dropped them an email and was like, hey, like Owen mentioned you guys are, you know, building something super cool. I'm really keen to see it, you know can I come by, like get a demo or whatever? So th there was like no sort of intention of getting a job. Like I was just genuinely interested in what they were making. And a couple of weeks later I went in and they showed me the tool and it was, you know, super cool and I was really excited. And they kind of dropped, you know, a hint that they were sort of looking for someone to come on board and help them out. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, at this time I was still studying uh, and then, you know, a few back and forth emails later, a few conversations later, I started working there. Just, I feel really lucky. Like the story sounds like the perfect story. And I realize that it's, it doesn't work out that way for everybody. But yeah, that that's really how I got my first job was, I guess, literally just showing interest in what other people were doing in the industry and, you know, going and chatting to them. And then that sort of naturally leading to, to coming on board with them. I, even though that's not, you know, a completely replicatable story, I think there's loads of advice in there too. The fact that you reached out to them and just were genuinely interested in their product is obviously a really good first start. And the fact that your job came about from just conversing, I suppose, and like forming a relationship rather than an, a formal application project is project process is is really cool. And I think that's actually how a lot of jobs the best jobs anyway work out in the design industry because it is quite a collaborative job I suppose uh, so ones that come from conversations and just networking you know if you want to put a super clinical term on it I suppose I don't really like that word but anyway but that, that's what it is right you, you're building your network out and it just so happened to turn into a job awesome yeah I'm hearing more and more from people who are getting jobs without like ever having to send through a CV like more and more it seems to be, you know, who you have a relationship with and just genuinely showing interest in what they're doing. And, you know, like obviously they're going to check you out online and see what you're up to. So it's probably good to have a portfolio. But yeah, like for Atomic, I mean, I never sent through a CV because there wasn't really ever a job interview kind of process. It just kind of happened after a series of conversations and, and building that relationship with them. And I think that is becoming a more successful way to get a job in that industry uh, but yeah I mean I don't know if that is replicatable for everybody yet. Yeah all of my jobs I'll say this well all of my jobs in the design industry and probably all the other ones too but that's not relevant uh, they all came about through a more formal application process like I did I have sent in a CV and a portfolio and had interviews and things for all of them so yeah I think that's definitely still a valid way to get a job in the design industry but 
in the design industry more than others, I think not sending in a CV is a possibility. Like, can you imagine in accounting, for example, not sending in a CV for a job? No. Because your past experience is so relevant and like it's everything. Yeah. Yeah, I hear from a lot of people these days that it's often the portfolio that they're more interested in that really shines more and says a lot more about who you are and, and what you've done than like a one page sort of CV with a few words on it about, you know, where you've worked. But whether that's true or not, I, I don't know. But I do think that it's worth having at least a portfolio if you're applying for a job as a designer. Oh, definitely. I, I think you have to have a portfolio because you need to be able to show that you're capable of doing the work. And that's the first step, right? I think to getting the interview is showing you're capable and being able to design things, being able to solve briefs. And if it's projects that are relevant to the type of job you're going for, then that's even better. I I did get a job in the web design industry having only, I think, two websites in my portfolio though. So, you know, it's not absolutely essential that your portfolio be filled with the exact type of work that you're going to apply for, but I would recommend tailoring it, you know, uh, we've talked in the past about defining your niche and going after, you know, a certain field. And the same is true for applying for a job. You should tailor your portfolio to the type of design jobs you're applying for. I think that makes total sense. And I can definitely understand why it's more relevant than a CV, because while a CV might list a client you've had or might list an agency or whatever that you've worked at, your portfolio is showing the goods, right? The portfolio is showing what you did there. And that's not really possible in a lot of other industries. Like in sales, for example, you wouldn't want to have a portfolio of like, I sold this thing for this many million dollars or whatever. But with design, we can easily show the output of our work. And I find that quite satisfying to, when you finish a project, you can have a thing at the end of it that you can then show to be like, I did this thing and this is how it went. And it's like a thing to talk to. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of value in, in showing your work and not only just showing like the final outcome, but also the process behind it. I think often, you know, people are also really interested in that and interested in knowing how you work and what your sort of process is and how you get to this design solution, etc. And portfolios are a great way to sort of show those behind the scenes and show how you, you know, took a brief and did this thing and came out with this thing at the end. I think that says a lot about who you are and how you work and the type of designer that you are. So I think a lot of the time employers are, you know, really interested in, in seeing that kind of stuff. But what about you, Charlie? Like, how did you get your, your current job at Edited? So both this job and my previous one at Zero, I found on the company websites themselves. So it wasn't through a recruiter or a job listing site or anything like that. They were companies that I was specifically interested in working at. So I was checking out their job site, basically, and saw a relevant listing that I could, could apply for. And that's how I went for it. So I would definitely recommend doing that. Um, I was talking to someone the other day uh, who is a graphic designer looking to get into doing more UI, UX stuff. And she was talking about uh, her recruiter and how the jobs her recruiter was sending through. And I just said, like, straight away, I was like, okay, first of all, don't rely on the recruiter to find you a job. I don't know if that's a big thing in other countries. I just had a thought. But here in England, recruiters are a big way that most people find jobs. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a big industry, the recruitment industry. And basically, they'll collect listings from companies and then find applicants for them. 
And I mean, that all sounds good, but really the it's like having a middleman, which I don't believe in at all. You know, just, I don't think that's necessary. I think the best jobs in the design industry come out from talking to the company directly that you are going to be working with in the end. I think that's the best way to go about it. And most companies who are, in my experience anyway, really good to work for are not ones that typically use recruiters. So I would definitely recommend going to look on individual job websites because that's where I've found both of mine and they've been really good jobs so far. So it might have been a coincidence. I don't know, but I would recommend it. Yeah, I've never considered joining a recruitment agency. I mean, like to be fair, I'm not looking for a new job, so I haven't really been thinking about that. But I've never really thought to consider joining one because, like you just said, I, I much prefer the approach of sort of going – you know, and, and finding the company website or like just keeping an eye out on companies that I really like or maybe one day would like to work for and occasionally checking like what they've got going. You know, that's more the kind of thing that I, I did do a couple of years ago when I was sort of looking for something. Because like you said, I think that's a much nicer way. Like you approach the company yourself so clearly, you know, you have like your own personal interest in forming a relationship with them and working with them and you, you like what they're doing and you're interested in, in helping them. And then that way you sort of, you know, form a, a closer or a, a better relationship with them, I guess. Yeah, totally. Was getting a job in the industry something that you worried about a lot when you were in design school? I remember when I was starting out in design, it wasn't as big an industry as it is now. And I did have that fear that like, oh, is there going to be a job for me at the end of this? Because it was around the time when a lot of people had gone to teacher training college because when they'd started at college, there was a lot of teaching jobs available and they were, you know, in high demand. But when they finished their studies, you know, by the end of however many years that is, there was not that many teaching jobs available. And I was kind of worried that the same might happen for design, that when I started there was, you know, design jobs, but what if the industry completely changed by the end of the four years that I was in design school? Who knows? Lucky for me, it turned out to be the opposite way around and there was plenty more jobs in design and I think the industry is just growing and growing. But was that ever something you worried about? You know, it's funny you mentioned this because I was watching a Vice documentary the other day and this is super random, but uh, it was about a student debt in the States mm -hmm. and they they put up a list of, in order of countries where you're like most likely to get successful placement after you complete your studies and New Zealand was like second on that list wow. and I was super surprised at that that like I never considered New Zealand being a place where like you're basically guaranteed to get a job in your industry after you study uh so yeah that's just a side note that I thought was super interesting uh and I guess when I was studying, like, yeah, I was a little bit worried about it. I think it was a lot of imposter syndrome was more the thing that was worrying me rather than there being an availability of jobs. Yes, like that makes sense. There, there were definitely jobs available on the horizon, like I saw them. But the thing that worried me or held me back was like, okay, well, there's going to be me and like probably all the other students in my year group. So like... 200 or whatever probably are also going to apply for this job so what makes me special and how how am I going to stand out and is it even worth applying like why should I bother that kind of feeling of like uh, you know too much competition and just not feeling 
good enough but I guess you know at that stage you are a student and so you don't have to be good enough yet like if you're applying for an internship you don't have to be the best of the best they're just looking for someone that's hungry to learn and hungry to you know jump on board straight away and get their hands dirty yes definitely I had that fear too just as a side note for sure that uh especially for my first ever job, which was at a more more corporate place, I'll say, uh, and that, yeah, I was a designer on a marketing team at Mitsubishi Electric, which sold heat pumps and fridges. I think I might have mentioned that before. And it was all graphic design, not really web stuff. And the listing came through the university forums. Uh, the job listing was posted there so the marketing manager must have sent it to the university and said hey get your students to apply for this so when I was applying for it I was thinking well isn't every single other person in my year group doing the same thing like what why do I think I've got any better chance over them and I'm glad I did apply in the end because it turned out that I was doing less papers than a lot of my other student you know fellow classmates so I had more time available that I could go and put in hours at the company right right. so I, I mean, I think that might have been one of the reasons I got hired, but I shouldn't, you know, be so hard on myself. I'm sure that there are other reasons too. <laughs> I'm sure that they liked your work and your style as well, surely. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, S- saying work and style. I think that with design, it's more about your process than it is about the outcome. That's why having a portfolio is important to see, you know, what work you've done and that you are capable of designing, you know, things that are easily readable and, you know, solve problems and all that. But what's more important is you being able to talk to your projects and talk to your portfolio. And I don't mean physically talk to it. That might make you a bit crazy. But, you know, talk about the stuff that's in it and explain your process and how you went. I think that's a really, really important part of the, you know, getting process of getting a design job. And I think it's one that people often underestimate because just because you can do the work doesn't make you a good fit for a team you know it is quite collaborative you've got to be able to explain to non-designers perhaps what you're doing so that you can loop in other people at the company especially if it's an in-house job obviously that's what I have the most experience with though so that's what I'll be thinking about but you know would you agree with that that the the process and your communication skills are almost more important than you know the style or whatever of of the work you've done I think I would agree with that, I think it's easy to get fixated on like the final outcome of whatever it is you've created. And, you know, you want to show off that, like, look at this amazing website that I made, uh, which, you know, says something about your capabilities, but doesn't really say anything about the kind of designer you are. You know, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes in that whole process. And, you know, being able to communicate well is like, a super important skill as a designer and I'm like learning how important that is more and more every day that you know you might have like the best idea for something or the best solution but if you can't communicate that to anybody then it's not really going to go anywhere so it's a combination of skills I think that are valuable to being a designer and like being able to design is just one of those skills you know yes that is exactly it I like how you've put that being able to design is not the only skill you need to be a designer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, in my opinion anyway, like I think you need to be a good communicator. I think you need to be good at, you know, process and collaboration and, you know, open to other people's ideas and enthusiastic, you know, like there's there's quite a few traits there that, you know, obviously you don't have to 
do or be all of them 100%, but you know, you at least need to have some of those skills instilled in you as a designer to, you know, be successful and show that you can produce good work. Yeah, and you know what? I think this is where the difference between art and design comes in because art is all about personal expression and, you know, you can be quite solitary and work on your own thing and people don't have to completely get it at the end. They can take their own meaning from it, etc. At least I think that's what art is. <laughs> but with design, for the most part anyway, talking generally, it's it's about business. You know, you're designing things in order for people to use them often people to pay for them or, uh, you know, you want to keep people within your product as long as possible, on your site for as long as possible. You want people to buy your book over top of all the other ones that are there and your design needs to convince them of that, etc. So you have to keep that in mind and you can't be naive and think that it is all about the style and things looking nice and, you know, your personal preference or things like that. So if you're able to talk about those sorts of things in an interview, I think that really helps. Yeah, so I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you, how would you recommend somebody communicate that they have those things to you know, a potential employer? Like, do you think that they should just talk about that they have those skills? Or maybe do you think, you know, having case studies for each project, which show really like the whole process helps, you know, speak volume to that kind of stuff? Having case studies is good, but I honestly think that that's better for freelance work. Uh I don't think that employers or potential employers are really going to take the time to read a lot of case studies in your portfolio. Definitely helps to have them, I'm sure, but you can't expect them to do that because they're getting so many applications and they're taking a quick look at your experience and that's what's going to get you an interview. Uh, But then in the interview itself is where you really have to sell yourself. You can't assume they've seen all your work. You can't assume they've read all your case studies. So I would say to pick some relevant projects that have stories behind them where you could talk about things like that and bring them up. Like, uh, for example, in my portfolio, actually, I'm just trying to think what's in there, but there's projects where I can talk to the fact that I really took ownership of them and, you know, took it in a new direction that I thought would be really good for the company. There's other projects where I can talk more about working as a team in in that sort of environment, because obviously that's what uh, companies want to hear about is how you work as a team. So, I think pick the projects that you feature or highlight and then talk about in the interview carefully so that they do demonstrate those skills because actions speak louder than words. And if you you can talk about the qualities that they're looking for and show an actual physical output that came from it, then that's going to be really useful. Mm, So it sounds like it might be wise to have a couple of different versatile projects in your portfolio where like, you know, project A, you could talk a lot about how you collaborated with a team. Project B, you can talk about how you took ownership. Project C, you can talk about how you decided to go in a different direction, sort of that kind of stuff, like having different projects that represent sort of different things that you might have had to overcome or encounter. Do you think that's smart? Yeah, totally. Uh, And if it is one project that does several of those, that's cool too. But the more work you can feature and, you know, put in front of their faces in the interview, the better, I think. So you got your marketing design job at zero and you mentioned that you hadn't really done much marketing design. You only had like one or two websites on your portfolio. So what would you recommend for a designer who maybe wants to apply for something but doesn't have much sort of physical evidence of that? in their portfolio, but they're really keen to do that thing? 
Well, first of all, I think you should definitely have a side project or two in there that is relevant to the industry or whatever that you want to go into. That's what both of mine were. The websites that I had in my portfolio were, uh, well, actually, I only had one website in my portfolio and that was for my online store. And then the other example of web design I showed them was the portfolio itself. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Funnily enough. Yeah, that's that's the only other thing that I'd really done. Uh, but I was able to talk about the fact that I had dived in and talk about the graphic design knowledge that translated to web design, you know, how I was making that transition and could talk about the fact that I'd taught myself to code a bit as well, how I'd coded the websites that I was showing myself that and explained that maybe that did make them a bit more basic because my coding skills were a, a bit more basic. But I think they appreciated the fact that I was getting down and dirty in learning and yeah, getting my hands dirty and putting this effort into learning this new new skill. And I guess that's why they took a chance on me because they could see that. And I think obviously, I mean, the thing is, not to sound harsh, but to get a job in the design industry, you do have to be good at design. Like that is the basic thing to start with. So if, you, if you're not good at design yet, then work on that first. Because I don't think any amount of, you know, interviewing skills or whatever can come in handy if you can't actually follow through on a brief and deliver something that answers it. But anyway... I think that they could see that the graphic design work I'd done was good and I could talk about how it answered the brief and things like that. And so, yeah, that that's why they, they took a shot on me. So I would say if you're wanting to go for an industry that you don't currently work in, put in the effort to learn more about it. Don't expect to do all that learning on the job. Start in your own time first. Yeah, I think that that's a good point and it makes me think about quality versus quantity. Oh, that's a really good term to use yeah, here. Yeah, I think sometimes we can get really carried away with just having like lots of stuff on our portfolio and, and maybe sometimes we feel like we need to show that we're like super diverse and like I've dabbled in code, I've dabbled in print, I've dabbled in web product, whatever, and like having this super broad portfolio that just has, you know, excuse my language, but just a shit ton of design in there <laughs> and from what it sounds like from your experience and what what I've heard from a lot of other designers as well is that it, it really is more about the quality. Like if you only have one project to your name but it's a really good project and maybe you spent months on it and you're super proud of it, you know, like in your case it sounds like, you know, that was your, your online store and you can talk about how you did all these different things for it. I think that's going to be so much stronger than just having this mass portfolio with like lots of random little things just to sort of show off how how diverse you are yeah I think the thing with portfolios that people often make the mistake of is putting all of your work in it I can't remember if we've talked about this before but this is something that I very strongly feel like you should curate your portfolio and you should be picky about what you decide to put in it so definitely go for quality over quantity I would advise having maybe like three projects as the minimum I would say so that you can show a bit of range, because I think range is different from diversity. But having a couple of projects where you can talk to different things, like we, we said before, and show different skills through them, different experiences. That's the thing, when you're showing your work in a job interview, you want to talk about the process behind it, rather than rationalizing the design. Like, I put this button here because of this thing, you know? Mm. That's not really what it's about. It's about being like well this was the brief and then I did this and this and this 
And the challenge was, you know, talk about those sorts of things. That's what they want to hear about because that's what you're going to be doing for them if you get the job. Yeah, that's a super good point actually about what what type of things you should talk about when sharing your work because I think it is hard to like on the spot share your work. Like if you're just asked like, okay, so so tell me about this project. Talk to me about your design. You know, sometimes we're just a bit put on the spot and I think it's easy to just be like, like what you just said, like, oh, um, well, yeah, so we put the call to action button here because we felt that was the best place to put it. And then we use these brand colors over here so that, you know, like just rattling off the sort of physical aspects of the design. But like you said, you know, talking about the problem that had to be solved, the solution that you came up with, the challenges that were there along the way, you know, really those kinds of things is I think what employers are going to be a lot more interested in hearing about than why you chose to make the color of the button green, for example. Yeah, which makes it a bit different from design school critiques in a way because in design school you are rationalizing your design and the elements in it and things. So it is de- it's definitely more about more about the client than it is about your design, you know, when it comes to to talking about your work. What are your thoughts on internships? Um it, it depends on the internship and it depends if it's paid. I personally wouldn't do a an unpaid internship, but then again, I wouldn't do any sort of internship these days because I'm, you know, further along in my career yeah, than that. Sure. But I was definitely open to them uh when I was in design school. I think that I mean I never did one. I think that internship by definition should be about learning. So you should you should get something out of the experience of being an intern. It's I don't think intern should just be a code word for low paid employee, you know? I think there has to be more effort put in into your learning when you're an intern. So I'd be careful about the types of roles you take on because some companies do use the term intern just to get cheap labor pretty much. So in the interview stage, if you're going for one, ask questions about it and what it'll be like and check that it's going to be right for you and check that you're going to get something out of the experience too. I've never done an internship. So yeah, I feel like I can't really speak as to whether they're a good thing to do or not. But I feel like like my gut instinct is that as a student, like why wouldn't you do that? If, if you're going to you know get a good foot in the door somewhere and it's going to be a good experience and you're going to be able to work with a great team and learn a lot from you know people who already are you know, in their careers and quite established, then, I mean, yeah, to me that seems like a good deal and I don't really see why you'd do that. Uh, the only sort of moral problem that I sometimes have with them is is when they're unpaid. Uh, sometimes I, like personally, I feel like that's just a little unfair. Yeah, I don't think that that's fair. Internships should be paid in this day and age. You know, it's expensive to live in this world and you shouldn't expect people to work for free just to get experience. I don't think that's right. But speaking of experience, that's the perfect way to get some is to do internships because to do an internship, you're not, well, from what I know anyway, you're not expected to have a whole ton of experiences from other places. Whereas to get a proper, you know, official junior designer job or whatever, you are expected to have some sort of experience. You know, you've got to show that you can do this. You've got to have proof, I suppose. Should we go into some of our listeners' advice? Yes, let's do that. So we asked on Twitter, which we're on Twitter at Design Life FM. If you ever want to participate in these tweets, you can follow us there. And we asked designers, we're going to be talking about getting design jobs in an upcoming episode. And we want to know, how did you land your current job? And ironically, uh, Alex replied saying via Twitter. 
and we said cool are there any tips that you can share with future job hunters for getting a job this way and his response was try to connect with interesting people and products mock up design ideas of products you'd love to work for this I think is the new age way of what you did you know connecting with people and forming relationships you did it in person by going I did it to the see old school guys way. at Atomic <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah you can't underestimate the value of social media when it comes to design jobs, especially ones like we've said before, this this podcast is definitely going to have a bias towards talking about the tech industry because that's what we both work in. But most tech companies are on Twitter mm-hmm. and people who work on design teams at tech companies, most of them are on Twitter. So that's that's a good place to go to make those connections. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I can say the same for you Charlie I've met so many people on Twitter that you know I've formed really good relationships with especially with designers and if something did happen where I was looking for something then I'm sure I would have at least a, a handful of potential avenues there that I could pursue just because I've been you know following these people for a while and we have an established relationship I think that's super valuable Definitely. And you, that's the thing. You can't expect the design jobs to come to you. You have to make yourself open to them. People aren't just going to offer you stuff out of the blue unless you are putting in that effort, you know. So form some relationships. And it can't just be all about wanting something from them. You have to be genuinely interested like you were in the Atomic product. Yeah. Alan's, Alan said that he got his design job through LinkedIn, which is not something that I personally I'm very good at using. I don't know about you, Femme, but I don't really see the point in it for me. But it sounds like design jobs can be found on there and it is a good place to be if you're hunting because Alan gave us some advice for uh, getting jobs through LinkedIn. He said that in your profile, every little detail matters. Sometimes even the smallest job you've had in the past can get you a bigger one. So it's about showcasing that experience, I suppose, on LinkedIn. Yeah, I never really considered LinkedIn as a place for jobs, but I've got a close friend who has been looking for something and she said that there's so many jobs on LinkedIn now, like it's just crazy. So it it must be a place where where employers are are spending time trying to find new talent. And uh, I also used to not really take LinkedIn seriously, but a friend of mine recently got a freelance project through LinkedIn. Oh, interesting. uh, Based on the fact that the client just searched like motion designer Amsterdam and he was the first result and I was like that is really interesting so I've since changed my my profile on LinkedIn it says freelance web designer Amsterdam so in case somebody searches that then I should hopefully come up in the list I I haven't had any success from it yet but if I do I, I will be sure to let you know yeah report back Paul said that he got his job from knowing someone who knew someone who needed designer with his specific background. So again, that's about connections. Natasha said that her first job and her second job were both through her blog. She writes about design, creativity, and obviously the potential employers had seen that and yeah, reached out to her through that. So you cannot underestimate the power of content marketing for getting, you know, actual jobs as well as freelance jobs, it seems. Totally. And also don't underestimate the fact that employers will Google you. So yes, whatever content you put out, even if it was five years ago on your Tumblr page, it will come up. So keep that in mind. 
Or just don't attach your name to that stuff. <laughs> yeah, or that. Be anonymous. I like the way Naomi did it. It seems like she was quite proactive. She said that she sent her portfolio out to agencies that she liked, asking if they were hiring and if she could meet up with them. And none of them actually had job postings, but she thinks that the fact that she'd reached out made them more intrigued, that she'd gone out of her way to do that. And she said the agency that she works for now wanted to meet up with her. They weren't hiring at the time, but they made a relationship and ended up calling her six months later when there was a job listing. So I think that's really proactive and a good way to do it. Don't wait for a company to be hiring. If you think that you would be a really good fit for them, reach out. Why not? What have you got to lose? Yeah, that that's such a cool story. And, and congratulations to Naomi for having that bravery of, of reaching out and doing that. And this actually happened to me a couple of years ago. I had a job interview for a design job and at the time I didn't get it, but recently like six months ago or something so like almost two years later they sent me a message like asking if I was available now and ah, interesting yeah I mean obviously I'm I'm not because I'm in Amsterdam instead of New Zealand but I, I think that just is a testament to how powerful that can be forming relationships with people early on you know you might think that they'll never think about you again but you never know they could like six months or even in my case two years later you could still come up on their radar totally marco got his job through a posting on a dribble job board dribble is something we don't often talk about on this show because i'm not actually very good at updating mine but i really love looking on it it's where designers post shots of their work it started off as like a work in progress thing but basically now it's like an end product thing let's be honest so designers are just showing off little pieces of their work, basically, not full projects in a portfolio, just little shots, which is quite cool. And it's a really good site for designers to be on. And they do have a job listing section that I looked at when I was looking for a new job before I found the one it edited. I was looking on the Dribble job postings. That was like the first place that I went to because I felt like the types of jobs that I wanted would be posted there. Yeah, there's usually a lot of like tech or agency work on on Dribble for designers. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I mean, if that's what you're going for, that's you know a pretty good place to go. Uh, and I see that we asked Marco if he had any tips for nailing an interview, and he said be confident, approachable, and positive. Make sure you're in a good mood and have some fun. Which you know that's a that's a valid point. You want to be in a good mood in your not, interview. Not always easy to do an interview. Have fun, is it? <laughs> no, not really. Let's end this by answering a couple of questions that we had from listeners that I think is really good to bring up. We asked if anyone had questions about landing a job that they wanted us to answer and Daniel responded and said, I'd be curious to know where you'd begin searching to look up design jobs because standard websites don't appear to be any good. And I would say that standard, you know, generic job listing sites are generally not that great for design jobs. There are exceptions, of course. You might find great ones on there, but I wouldn't recommend it as the first place to go so whatever the biggest job hunting site is in your country where you live is probably not where things like startups are listing or if they are their listing might be buried amongst you know many others uh, so that's probably probably not the best place to go i would say that think about companies that you'd really like to work for and look on their own sites look at things like dribble job listings uh, is also a really good one or any sort of design job boards in your area in your country because companies that have a design focus are more likely to be reaching out to those places you know so that's the kind of companies that you want to work for obviously ones that uh, really value design so 
they're the quality of jobs, I suppose, on more design-focused listing sites is going to be better overall. Like I said, that doesn't mean that there's not good ones on the regular job posting sites, but it's easier to find them on specialised ones. Yeah, if it, if it were me, what I would do is reach out to people that I know or that I have a relationship with that work at companies that I would like to work for, if that makes sense. Uh, so, and this is again, you know, because of the relationship thing, like that would be the first thing that I would do because it would be the easiest thing. Like I could just reach out to a friend that works at whatever tech company and be like, Hey, have you got any roles going? Um, because I already have that relationship with them and I like the company that they work for. So that's personally what I would do just because I have spent years building these relationships with those people. But if, if you don't have that, like if you don't have that network of, you know, people that you have these relationships with, then yeah, I, I would agree with what you said, Charlie. And I would also encourage you to start creating these relationships with people because it might come handy down the line. Totally. Yeah, I think it's more about the company that you want to work for than an actual role. Like Naomi was talking about, they might not have a role available right now, but one could come up in the future. So do some research into the types of companies you'd want to look for and use that as your starting point rather than a job board. And another question from Paul to finish us off. He says, I would be interested to know how to change industries. How does one go from, say, financial services to architecture? Oh. Now, I'm not sure from reading this if he means working in financial services or designing for financial services to designing for architecture. But I think either way, my answer is kind of the same. I think you need to start learning, basically. Within design, different industries that you work for are very different. Uh, I recently made a switch from, even though it's still in-house design, and it's not even recent. I don't know why I'm saying that. It was like over a year ago now. But I was working at Zero, which was an accounting software company. And I moved to a different software company. But it was for the fashion industry. Completely different target audience. You know, the way these people think that I'm designing for now is totally different to accountants. So that was a learning curve. And I had to do some learning and some research about how that all worked, how that industry worked. And if you're swapping, you know, working in those industries themselves, that's obviously a much bigger learning curve. But learning is the way to go. You've got to start start putting in the time. Do you, do you agree with that, Fem? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think learning is great, but I think it's also good to challenge yourself to not just be passively learning. So like take what you're learning and try and create something out of it, whether that's a side project or maybe you just do a little, uh, you know, give yourself a little brief on the side and do a little project, you know, try and put that learning into into action and try and get something out of it, like a physical thing like a project or something that you could then show you know well this is what I learned and then through that I did this thing and this is what I created you know for example. Yeah basically I think this gives us a good place to sum up to get a job in the design industry you need to show that you are proactive and that you're passionate so side projects help with that we've talked before about the value of side projects and how they can help you get a job and I think you need to know your stuff you need to be able to talk about your work so you need to be confident in doing that. And the only way to do that is through practice and through learning. And it's active learning, like you said, not passive learning. So you can't just expect that your You can't just read you have, a book on architecture and be yes. an architect, right? <laughs> yes. And you also can't expect that your experience in past roles is going to be enough. 
you need to really think hard about what about those roles you can talk about in this new interview, you know, and and do some preparation. Don't just go into the interview and let whatever words come out of your mouth. <laughs> I think that's perfect advice and a great end to this episode. I don't know about a great end with words coming out of your mouth. But, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's good advice. Like, and even if you're not applying for a job, I think it's still worth to continue learning, you know, like definitely continue you challenging yourself. Exactly. Well, Fem, where can people go to find our other episodes online? They can go to designlife.fm and there you'll see all of the episodes or you can search us in iTunes or your favorite podcast app and subscribe to us there. Please do subscribe through iTunes if you are an iTunes user or even if you're not because it really does help out the show, helps us find more listeners and which in turn helps us find more people to join in these conversations. And I think you'll agree that the advice from our listeners in this show and hearing their stories is always a really good part. So do join us over on Twitter. We are at DesignLifeFM. If you haven't joined in the conversation before, come say hello. And... This show is, is a lot about you guys, the listeners. You know, it's not just about Charlie and I. So if you guys have any, you know, topics that you'd like us to talk about or maybe something you've been sitting on for a while and you're sort of struggling with and you think maybe we could talk about it on the show and it might be helpful for others, then, you know, let us know. We're always open to new topic ideas and for our episodes. So you can send us a tweet or you can email us hello at designlife.fm. Good show, Pam. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.